Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorn and Bone Daddy as your hosts, we wish to help you as players and game masters, from the aspiring to the veteran, with questions, ideas, and interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. I got it. Hello! Sure? Yeah. No! We're, <laughs> we're doing Xanathar's Guide to Everything, Roguish Archetypes. There are four of them. We're going to try to get through them in less than 40 minutes. Ah, oh, man. You well, really had to say that. I said try. Okay. All right. Here we go. So this is what we're doing. Uh, inquisitive Rogue. As an archetypal inquisitive, you excel at rooting out secrets and unraveling mysteries. You rely on your sharp eye for detail, but also on your finely honed ability to read the words and deeds of other creatures to determine their true intent. You excel at defeating creatures that hide among and prey upon ordinary folk, and you, your mastery of lore and keen deductions make you well-equipped to expose and end hidden evils. So Sherlock Holmes. Essentially, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. I agree, at, but yes. Yeah. So at third level, uh, you actually get three features, which is kind of fun. Uh, ear of deceit, eye for detail, and insightful fighting. So ear of or ear for deceit. Uh, when you choose this archetype at third level, you develop a talent for picking out lies. Whenever you make a wisdom insight check to determine whether a creature is lying, treat a roll of seven or lower on the d twenty as an eight. Uh, that's nice and balanced. It's not, you know, uh, expertise and thinking of it as a 10 kind of thing. And for um, most, it's still a fail. Yeah. So that's nice. Uh, I for detail, uh, same thing at third level. You can use a bonus action to make a wisdom perception check to spot a hidden creature or object or to make an intelligence investigation check to undercover or decipher clues. A little bit niche a little little more leaning into that sherlock holmes on the nose <laughs> I, I think this kind of character would do real well in like one of robbie's murder mysteries exactly uh mm -hmm. and last but not least insightful fighting uh you gain the ability to decipher an opponent's tactics and develop a counter to them as a bonus action you can make an insight check against a creature you can see that isn't incapacitated uh contested by the target's charisma deception check if you succeed you can use your sneak attack against that target even if you don't have advantage on the attack roll but not if you have disadvantage on it this benefit lasts for one minute or until you successfully use this feature against a different target that's cool as shit for 10 freaking rounds, if I pass this deception, you know, this check, I get to use my sneak attack on you, whether I have advantage on you or not. That is really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be worth playing, like, just the first three levels in this one, if we can, like, cross and do assassin. Right. Because, oh, assassin on that? Mm-hmm. Stupid. Yeah. And this is, I mean, that's, like, I mean, I, I don't, like, really... Uh, using references, but if you think of like the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, where he's yeah. like in the boxing ring and he's like, "Oh, move, slap hands to ears, and break break eye contact and distract." That's that insightful fighting right there. That's, that's what it is. That's the way I saw it too. <laughs> exactly yeah. like that. And that's the eye for detail and I for deceit. I as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who wants to take uh, ninth level steady eye? I got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, starting at ninth level, you have advantage on wisdom, intelligence, wisdom, perception, or intelligence investigation checks. There you go. If you move no more than half your speed on the same turn, 
which is kind of cool. Um, it definitely is in line with um, the role play aspects of your yeah of the inquisitive uh, rogue. So it's just the ability that you're able to um, notice more than most. So I mean, it, it's it it's very like, niche. Yeah, you know, uh, like like Thorn said, if if we were in a murder mystery, this would absolutely work great. You know, because I mean, whether you're on a on a train or a plane or whatever, you know. You're you not see everything. Fast. You're seeing yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. You see everything. <laughs> In fact, the next, next, the thirteenth level is unerring eye. No longer steady. Uh, steady. It's unerring. Beginning at thirteenth level, your senses are are almost impossible to foil. As an action, you sense the presence of illusions, shape changers, not in the original form, and other magic designed to deceive the senses within thirty feet of you. Provided you are blinded, blinded or deafened, hmm. you sense that an effect is attempting to trick you, but you gain no insight into what is hidden or into its true nature. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, minimum of once, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So I this mean, is this is the uh, lackluster version of blind sight. Blind sense, blind sight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it, it works. It, it definitely goes into this niche thing. I mean, we're getting deeper and deeper into the niche. Um, and it's not cool. My, not my favorite. Yeah, yeah it, it is what it is. Uh, Eye for weakness at 17th level. You learn to exploit a creature's weaknesses by carefully studying its tactics and movement. While your insightful feature... Uh, while your insightful fighting feature, we all can't talk today, uh, applies to a creature, your sneak attack damage against that creature increases by 3d6. That is cool. That's fun. But you have to wait till fucking 17th level. <laughs> yeah, and your sneak attack feature at 17th level is what? 8d6? Uh, yeah, 8 or 10. So, I mean, even yeah. the extra, that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's like... Hey, I'm I'm cutting out half of a dragon's life points at that point. <laughs> no shit. So uh, definitely, in, the inquisitive is very niche. It's very, it's very almost secondary. Yeah, you know what I like about this though? Support. It's a I, support role. It's a support role. I like this as an NPC. Yeah. If we if we were doing the Rogue Assassins Guild, I would want one of these guys at my side. Like, sure, I want you to catch everything. And then tell me who to kill. That's it. That's what I want you to do. <laughs> oh, this guy could be the the one that goes out and gets the jobs. Yeah, figures it out, makes the you yeah. know does it does a thing, talks with others, and you know gives the information because this is definitely an information gatherer. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that's that's the Inquisitor. Uh, moving on to Mastermind. We said we were going to go fast. Uh, your Mastermind one of my favorite ones. So okay, okay, go for it. Go for it. Um, your focus is on people and on influences and secrets they have. Many spies, quarters, schemers follow this archetype, leading lives of intrigue. Words are your weapon as often as knives are poison, and secrets are, and favors are some of your favorite treasures. This is really cool when you're looking to play um, kind of like a, a politician, a politician character, or even royalty, a, um, anti-hero. Like mm-hmm. if you're okay, looking for someone who isn't who isn't on the line of line of good always but um who always has their own tactics in the background so um at third level you get two abilities you get master of intrigue and master of tactics when you choose a start type at third level you gain proficiency with disguise kit the forgery kit and one gaming set of your choice you also learn two languages of your choice additionally you are unerring 
you can unerringly mimic the speech patterns and accents of a creature that you hear speak for at least one minute, enabling you to pass yourself off as a native speaker of a particular land, provided that you know the language. That's super cool if you want to okay. pretend to be somebody else. I kind of like that. Yeah. And, and you get like a ridiculous amount of shit too. Disguise kit, forgery kit, and one gaming set of your choice. Oh, and then also two languages. Like that's I, I, I do like the language thing and the ability yeah. to mimic language. Like you could really use that. I would use the shit out of that. Yeah. Pretend to be um from a different distant land. It lets you create your personas. Um and also you're gonna really like this one. The master of tactics, starting at third level, you can use the help action as a bonus action. Additionally, when you use the help action to aid an ally in attacking a creature, the target of that attack can be within 30 feet of you rather than within five feet of you if the target can see or hear you. So That's, that to me is very similar to the Kender's taunt. Mm-hmm. That that is a really cool ability, especially if you're on, on the battlefield and you're um I like to think of it as and, and if you're if you're really if you're really um, strategic about combat, you can help your allies discern um, like uh, really powerful enemies, like or or things that are going to really complicate battle. So you'd be like, "I'm going to help you over here, and I'm going to help you over here," and um, yeah, it, it can really help clear up a battlefield very quickly. I agree. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's, to me, it's very similar to the Kinder's Taunt. It's very, it's, it's a support role thing. Yeah. Now, personally, I'm not huge on support role characters, but it's, I mean, it, it's in the name. It could be extremely helpful. And if you're playing the politician royalty type of, type of character, I mean, this is what you do. You're not going to get in the mix of the fights. You're going to help and go from the distance. Yeah. So, and at level at the ninth level, you get insightful manipulator. Now, what this does is starting at ninth level, if you spend at least one minute observing it or interacting with another creature outside combat, you can learn certain information about its capabilities compared to your own. The DM tells you if the creature is your equal, superior, or inferior in regard to two of the following characteristics of your choice, intelligence score, wisdom, charisma, or class levels, if any. At the DM's option, you might also realize you know a piece of the creature's history or one of its personality traits if it has any. That is very, I mean, it could be very helpful, mm-hmm. but only in kind of niche situations. Yeah, this is your information gatherer. This is your your scout. You know, if, if a party member was going to play this, um, I think that they would be more in a... Um, a campaign where they're they're spending a lot of time uh, planning, you know, hey, uh, go and, and pay attention to the, the person at the bar um, and listen into some things. You know, uh, this is definitely your heist character or your uh, maybe a, a murder mystery character. But you're you know, you're definitely using this more as like I want to uh, I want to mimic the person's speech patterns. I want to know uh you know, the if the DM allows you to, to know the cre- a piece of creature's history or personality trait, like that just makes you a little bit more of an infiltrator uh, as well. Um, at 13th level, you get misdirection. 
Uh, you can sometimes cause another creature to suffer an attack meant for you. When you are targeted by an attack uh, while a creature within five feet of you is granting you cover against that attack, you can use your reaction to have the attack uh, target that creature instead of you. Uh, hopefully, it's not your teammate. <laughs> it's going to always be a teammate. It's going to be your teammate. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, man, that hurt. <laughs> I don't know how he hit you. <laughs> <laughs> he was clearly aiming for me. <laughs> um, and then let's we'll finish it up really quick. Soul of Deceit at 17th level. Your thoughts can't be read by tele- uh, telepathy or other means unless you allow it. You can prevent or you can present false thoughts by succeeding on a deception check contested by the mind readers insight check additionally no matter what you say magic that would determine if you are telling the truth indicates you are being truthful if you so choose and you can't be compelled to tell the truth by magic so the zone of truth spell just don't work exactly (laughs) and everyone else politician it's a politician everyone else would think that you're telling the truth you know the, the magic that determines whether or not you're telling the truth it indicates you are telling the truth so the zone of truth not only you know can't uh tell the spellcaster that you're lying it also can't compel you to tell the truth so this is like the ultimate i mean the soul of deceit i mean that's it's there it's in the name uh that's fun that's a role play heavy character class as well oh definitely Definitely yeah. very role play heavy politician, lesser royalty. I mean, I mean, it could be a lot of things like that. And I mean, it could be fun, but it's very niche at the same time, I think. So I, I really think that if and, and I guess at our table, we could probably do a little bit of it. But if you if you are a table that really likes getting into the Game of Thrones politics, heavy, um, you know, back and forth of things uh, of role play this that's this is another one for you um because that's that's all that is like all of the features just aid you in being able to um to deceive and to uh wine and dine your uh your opponents uh in your political entourage so uh i think that uh if you were if you were doing a a game of thrones-esque campaign where you are paying attention to your uh, connections and your allies and things that that would be that'd be a fun one i could see it yeah and rob you or you always said about the uh the politician aspect of it is what you liked yeah i do i really do enjoy the politician aspect of, of characters because i like to work behind the scenes mm-hmm. <laughs> you should do a, a polit like a political campaign yeah i should I mean, there doesn't have to be fighting. Yeah. There you just have to make, I just have to make one of those and I will have a soul knife in my throat. <laughs> so like fighting, fighting's always like, fighting's an inevitable, um, inevitable thing that's going to happen. But I mean, who you have fighting for you could always yeah. by a political campaign. Like, hey, you know, Battle of Champions is, is the way to go, you know? <laughs> oh, it's like, could oh, be, it, it could, could be fun. Yeah, I could I could see somebody, you know, a, a couple of politicians be going, you know, oh, I challenge you to a duel, but my champion will fight. <laughs> exactly. You're just like, okay, well, yeah. here's my champion. Yeah. May it's the a soul best. knife versus a phantom. Right. <laughs> uh, callback. Uh, 
Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and do the go scout. For it. Yeah. Uh, as a scout, you were skilled in stealth and surviving far from the streets of the city, allowing you to scout ahead of your companions during expeditions. Rogues who embrace this archetype are at home in the wilderness and among barbarians and rangers, and many scouts serve as the eyes and ear of war bands. Ambusher, spy, bounty hunter, these are just a few of the roles that scouts assume as they range the world, which it's not a bad thing. I, I kind of like this. This is definitely, a, I mean, it's a little less RP, a little more uh, fight heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, starts with two third level uh, skills. It has skirmisher. Starting at third level, you are difficult to pin down during a fight. You can move up to half your speed as a reaction when an enemy ends its turn within five feet of you. This movement does not provoke an opportunity attacks. That's which so is, fucking important. It's so awesome. <laughs> I can't. I that's hate a, that's opportunity a, attacks. That's yeah. another disengage. Yeah, that's well. It is a disengage. Yeah, but it, it lets you move that speed on top of what your normal speed is. Right. As a reaction, you don't have to use your bonus action to get away. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it actually is a pretty cool little skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is survivalist. When you choose this archetype at third level, you gain proficiency in nature and survival skills. If you don't have already have it. Your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make that uses either of these proficiencies. I love this mainly because I want as many proficiencies as I can have. Yeah. And then it actually adds half of it again on top of those for those. Yeah. I mean, come on. And you you can't beat that. Yeah. And to be fair, you know, all of the types of uh, features that allow you to gain proficiency in a certain thing, uh, you know, with the caveat that if you don't already have it, um, if you're like me, I tend to level up my characters in advance. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't use the features, but you have a, uh, an idea of where you're going to go along the path, you know, cause I mean, first and second level, if you're playing those early levels, you don't get this stuff until third level. Right. But if you know that you're going to play the scout and you're going to get this, survivalist feature because that it happens at third level then don't take nature and survival as your two skill proficiencies in the rogue creation at the beginning of level one and two just don't do it and then you get them later um and yeah because who doesn't know what they're what they're going to take as a subclass right when they start yeah I, i think the very first time that i ever played a game uh when i you know when i literally didn't even know that i was playing D &D, um that's the only time and that was in you know second edition <laughs> that i didn't know where i was going with my my characters um i just kind of like picked a thing and i was like oh yeah i'll just do this and and then i had to like learn as as you go but ever since then you know especially once we started getting the subclasses more heavy in uh third edition and on um you i when have you ever like I'm going to create a rogue. What kind of rogue? Uh, no, uh, you always know. You're like, oh man, this subclass is really cool as shit. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And then, yeah, so you already know what you're going to get. Why would you, you know, put a nail in your foot and uh, double up on nature and survival if you're getting it. That's just my little soapbox. Yeah. I'll hop off the soapbox. Superior mobility, ninth level. Uh, your walking speed increases by 10 feet, which is kind of cool. Uh, if you have a climbing or swimming speed, this increase applies to that speed as well. So, hey, I mean, that's, you know, that's a lackluster feature, to be perfectly honest. But 
Um, if you like your mobility uh, and you are a tactician in combat, especially with the skirmisher feet, um, if you are the type that you play with a map and you're making sure that you are a certain distance away and you're bouncing around, that extra movement speed is a must. So it's great if you get like the dungeon crawler feet mm -hmm. and you have that climbing speed that's equal to your to mm -hmm. your uh, movement speed and then you add 10 feet on top of top of that you're just a quick motherfucker that's just the way it works you're just quick as shit yeah um bone daddy do you want to take uh, ambush master i do ambush master starting at 13th level you excel leading ambushes and acting out acting first and acting out first <laughs> yeah but acting first you got there <laughs> <laughs> you have advantage on initiation role on it initiation initiation i wow i cannot read in addition the first creature you hit during the first round of combat becomes easier for you and others to strike attack rolls against that target have advantage until the start of your next turn that so, is cool so uh, on the bright side uh watsy can't copyright us because you can't read the fucking thing exactly <laughs> uh but yes this feature is really cool um I, I like having, you know, advantage. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and, and, but the thing is, is like, I don't always lead a lot of ambushes. Right. I don't always do that. But this is the type of character that you would think about at first when you got to that level. Yeah. You wouldn't just be straight walking in like a robot and attacking. You would be thinking about ambushing. So, well, and it, it adds, it forces you almost to RP with your party, right? Because you're an ambush master. If no one else is this character... Uh, or this rogue archetype, then they're not going to be thinking about, hey, let's set up an ambush. They're going to do what you said, Thorne, about just go in, swing, swing, swing. Is it the end of the encounter? Okay, great. Let me heal. Uh, yeah. But if you think about it this way and you're like, hey, guys, I have this thing where if we can set up an ambush for the, the enemy that's clearly behind those trees, you know, uh, why don't we just wait and I get an uh, advantage on initiative rolls? You know, the first creature I hit uh, becomes easier for you and others to strike. Attack rolls get advantage. Like, come on. Like, that's why, what I don't know any party that I've ever played with that would be like, nah, let's just go in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Leroy Jenkins. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that it would it would cause, you know, at least a little bit of RP because you you have to be in character and, and talk to the party and be like, listen, I'm I see a choke point coming up on the road. Uh, if we're if we're actually, you know, waiting uh, for the I don't know, the orc raiding party to come through, we could set up an ambush. And then maybe if there's another rogue type that uh, is good at traps or even a ranger uh, that has traps because there is one we'll get there um yes we you know they hey they could set up a trap uh if your story weaver's cool with it why don't you just set up a kobold trap that you've seen before you know a little pitfall with some spikes if you have enough time to do that you do a little survival check see how well the trap is made see how well the trap is hidden you know, now you have a little bit of a skill check challenge into your ambush master. Um, and now it's become this whole thing, you know, and who knows, yeah. maybe the, the first three orcs land into that trap first and then you get a surprise around. Like then everything starts getting tactfully more and, and you know, and then you get the and and the and and the and. 
and let, as, as a story reader, let your characters come up with that stuff on their own. Let, like, let yeah. them communicate and come up with it. it. It actually builds good RP skills and it kind of gives them the cooperation. And when it, if it succeeds, it gives them more confidence in it. Yeah. And the, 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 the best thing to hear as a story weaver, in my opinion, is what if. Because if, if they start a sentence with what if and then continue on, you sit there with your damn notebook and you take notes because it's either going to be, what if our party did this for this attack combat? Do you think it would work? Probably as a story weaver, you're going to let it work unless it's like, I don't know, what if we set up a bomb to go into his mouth or some shit? But, you know, hey, it might work. Nat 20s. Um, but then also, uh, what if that the evil bad guy is actually that storekeeper that we just we offended? What, what, you know, that was, that was, I don't know, like six sessions ago, but what if that was actually him? Cause like this guy's name is the same. And maybe you never thought about that, but God damn it. Like it just let them have the story. <laughs> yeah. You know, let, they just did the work for you. Like, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that shit. Okay, cool. We're connecting. That's dots. exactly <laughs> what it is. Exactly. <laughs> hey, meanwhile, you're typing on your computer. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and the last thing is sudden strike. Yeah. Starting at 17th level, you can strike with deadly speed. If you take the attack action on your turn, you can make one additional attack as a bonus action. This attack can benefit from your sneak attack, even if you have already used it this turn, but you can't use a sneak attack again against the same target more than once in a turn. So I love it. Yeah. It's very assassin type. Yeah. And anytime I can add on my, my, my sneak attack, especially at 17th level. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's like eight, 10 D six. Yeah. No, I'm going to use it. That's extra damage. I do love that, that we, we talk about this because uh -huh. we've, we've played a, a higher level campaign. We've gone all the way to level 20 and beyond. Um, and we, beyond. you know, we only got to level 24 uh, before the arc ended Robbie um but uh you know other than that <laughs> we've we have this this nice um experience because there's a lot of I, i've seen some youtube videos you know i'm not going to say any names because i don't want to bash on anybody but there's a lot of uh dms out there that they talk about these skills and they're like yeah this is a cool skill but when do you ever get to level 17 like no get there hate like that. yeah I hate that <laughs> just if if you don't think that your party will last long enough to get to level 17 start at 16 start at 16 let them level up let them have the cool shit i don't like let them use the full kit of their subclasses there's no reason why not to you know if they're too op throw two dragons at them i don't care balance it out in encounters balance it out in role play but let them have the cool things at least once. Let them use the spell at least once. The first time that Raven used power word kill on a god, that was the best goddamn role play we have ever had during a combat scene. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. And the way that, you know, I, I, I tried to have it to where it was like a moral dilemma for the character she was playing was Milo, you know, the, the ground opened up and ripped the god's soul from his uh you know his, his uh what do we call it like a uh body um vessel yeah uh, vessel. yeah um so 
you know, it was this, this crazy thing. And you got to see the God, even though you guys were fighting the God and it was a bad God. Cause it, I mean, it was Bane spoiler alert. Um, but like, as his soul was being ripped from his vessel, his soul was screaming. Like it was a powerful fucking spell and it was cool as shit. And everyone like screamed, like somebody spilt a beer. Like it was, it was just a good moment. Couldn't have had that if you couldn't cast a level nine spell. That's just the way it goes. So let let the people have it. Well, uh, my, and, and also, when you take characters that long from a first level character all the way to a 17th, there becomes a connection between the players and their characters that they're playing. Mm-hmm. And you get so much better RP. You get so much better interactions with between the characters and with other NPCs that it's just so worth it. Let yeah. them fall in love with the characters they're playing. Let them play them to their fruition. Yeah, and, I, and here's a perfect example. Uh, spoiler alert, my name's not Illidine. Uh, that was my first character ever, and I've used him multiple times in multiple editions of D&D. So his backstory is 30 pages long. His, his, the, the personality has grown over the years that I've grown. So I had this huge connection. Uh, when he died in Arc 2, <laughs> the entire party, including myself, damn near cried <laughs> i did cry so i mean it was it was a thing like you grow these attachments and you have so much fun and there's no reason like i said if it's if it's an a crazy overpowered homebrew thing fine throw a crazy overpowered homebrew demon or dragon at them it doesn't matter but let them have the cool spotlight for a moment that's the whole point of the game you can't win the game unless you have fun boom Mic drop, end of the episode. Just kidding. We have uh, one more. <laughs> uh, my favorite, uh, Swashbuckler. Not really my, well, it's like, uh, it's, it's in the top five. Uh, you focus your training on the art of the blade, relying on speed, elegance, and charm in equal parts. While some warriors are brutes clad in heavy armor, your method of fighting looks almost like a performance. Duelists and pirates typically belong to this archetype. A swashbuckler excels in single combat and can fight with two weapons while safely darting away from an opponent. What's a swashbuckler? Do you swashbuckles or buckle swashes? You can't tell me you don't think the word is funny. Um, so it's a, it's a pirate. It's a pirate. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I I did play uh, Swashbuckler. It plays fine. Uh, and we'll get through the features first and then we'll talk about it. Uh, at third level, you get two fancy footwork and rackish audacity. Uh, when you choose this archetype at third level, you learn how to land a strike and then slip away without reprisal. During your turn, you may make a, a melee attack against a creature. That creature can't make an opportunity attack against you for the rest of your turn. That's amazing. You go in, stabby stabby, and back up. P.S. That didn't use your disengage. Yep. Playing there it simple. is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you still have another disengage. So you could go in, stabby, stabby. Oh no, there's another person right next to him. I only get the, you know, the non-opportunity attack from one creature. All right, I'm going to disengage from the other one as a bonus action. Boom, you're done, you're safe. Uh, Rakish Audacity. Uh, again, this is at third level. Your confidence propels you into battle. You can give yourself a bonus to your initiative roll equal to your charisma modifier. You also gain an additional way to use your sneak attack. These are always juicy. 
You don't need advantage on the attack roll to use your sneak attack against a creature if you are within five feet of it. No other creature are within five feet of you, and you don't have disadvantage on the attack roll. All the other rules for sneak attack still apply to you. So, first of all, the charisma modifier thing, that's that's cool. Any bonus to initiative roll is a lot of fun, uh, especially... If you're playing a, a pirate background character or anything like that, you know, I mean, you're playing Swashbuckler. So, assumingly, you're you're either playing a pirate or uh, a, some kind of duelist, right? That's that's the whole point. Um, so, your charisma should be high up there. You should be a charismatic person. If you're not a pirate captain, you're at least you know a first mate or a, a quartermaster or something. But you're you're definitely. Um, somebody who likes to talk so that charisma modifier boom goes right to initiative roll so that could be anything of a plus one to a plus five to your initiative probably going to go first especially if you get that alert feat which is like the first feat anyone should get bar none we need to do an episode on feats moving on uh the sneak attack part of it uh you don't need advantage if you are basically solo against a creature if there are no allies or creatures around within five feet of you and you are within five feet of a creature, boom, sneak attack. I mean, and we've talked about this in every episode of the rogues. Anytime you can use your sneak attack damage is just chef's kiss. Ooh. There it is. <laughs> uh, Thorne, do you want to take panache? Yeah. So panache at ninth level, your charm becomes extraordinary beguiling. As an action, you can make a charisma persuasion check contested by a creature's wisdom insight check. The creature must be able to hear you, and the two of you must share a language. If you succeed on the check and the creature is hostile to you, it has disadvantage on attack rolls against targets other than you and can make opportunity attacks against targets other than you. And can't make, sorry. <laughs> uh, the effect lasts for one minute until one of your companions attacks the target or affects it with a spell or until you and the target are more than 60 feet apart. If you succeed on the check and the creature isn't hostile to you, it is charmed by you for one minute. While charmed, it regards you as a friendly acquaintance. This effect ends immediately if your companions do anything harmful to it. Personally, love it. Oh, yeah, it's great. I've used it for both uh sides of the of the coin i guess you know using it as a hostile thing i mean hey hi it was high school your mama jokes were a thing it was a trend um and yelling at your mama joke in the middle of combat and forcing disadvantage on uh attacks on your your allies that's just awesome like you've just become an extra support role for that moment you know um and uh if you are using your tactics correctly you're bouncing away from this guy anyway so if he's attacking you you're moving away from him he's not attacking or he's not hitting you very often and therefore he's not hitting your friends very often and therefore his turn is wasted so it just it's, helps it's a different <laughs> level of taunt yeah that's all it is is, is it makes the creature go for you mm -hmm. And then, you know, hey, uh, if you can beguile a, uh, a city guard, because, hey, city guards that aren't in combat, let me remind you, are not hostile to you. Sure, they're wary, but they're not hostile. There's a difference. And that, you know, can be said as a, as a player or as a story weaver, make sure that you remember what hostile actually means. But you could charm them and make them friendly 
And who knows, maybe they caught you pickpocketing or something, or you really want to get behind that door just because you're curious, you know, hey, what's behind door number two? There's a guard on in front of it. So clearly it must be valuable. You're a rogue. You've got panache. Make a friend, get through the door, steal the thing. Uh, I'll, I'll take the last two because I like them very much. I didn't uh, get one. Oh, okay, yeah. fine. You can have elegant maneuver. Uh, 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 <laughs> rude. <laughs> I'm here too. You know, I know. You I are here too. No, I don't like rogue. This isn't I, a magic one, so you don't want to talk, do you? Do you? <laughs> Go ahead. So, elegant maneuver. Starting at 13th level, you can use a bonus action on your turn to gain advantage on the next dexterity, acrobatics, or strength athletics check you make during the same turn. Um, that's interesting. So, uh, this one, I, I, I like it as a, on a ship. If you're, you know, athletics and acrobatics checks, I don't use them very often in games. But when you do, gaining advantage on them is awesome. I don't know. I mean, what about you? I know it's a lackluster kind of feature. What's your thoughts? Well, it comes in handy when you have to um, really save for an acrobatics or athletics check, which happens a lot more often than you would think, um, considering a lot of things will either fall apart or you'll get thrown, or you have to try to wrestle something away from someone. Um, it does come in handy a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can. It's still, to me, for a 13th level, is, is kind of lackluster. Yeah, it is. I would, I, I would have liked more. And I understand the balancing effect that it, do, it does have, but I would expect more from that high of a level. I almost think that like, if we had moved Panache to 13th level, and just gave it a little bit of a bump to make it worth being 13th level, I think it would have balanced out better if leaving it like that. Robbie? Yeah, but at 13th level, you're fighting things that require, that are pushing you around. For example, like if you're trying to get away from Dragon's Breath, that dexterity acrobatics advantage is going to come in a lot of really handy. Well, but it's weird that it's given to the rogue, considering the rogue does get the ability to basically evade <laughs> out, of, <laughs> out of that out of that um that damage anyway. But like like kind of lackluster. <laughs> yeah. We'll be fighting a terrasque, like hanging onto something or getting pushed aside, like giant creatures. If you're fighting a terrasque, it's done at 13th level. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's avoiding a terrasque even, like trying to get away from a giant creature that you would have to fight will require a lot of athletics and strength checks. But I mean, you're right. It is is a little bit of a lackluster ability. I mean, it has potential. I will give it that because I, I do, I feel your line of thought, Robbie. It does have potential if you are creative enough, because like you said, like if you're climbing on the Tarrasque and you're going horn to horn or something like that, you're definitely the story weaver definitely should be making you do acrobatics checks. So using a bonus action to gain advantage would be, I mean, the it would be the moment, uh, the definition between whether it succeeded or not. Um, so, yeah, I could see it. It's more of a niche thing. It was kind of the meh of uh, when i played it (laughs) uh but my favorite uh which i guess you know duh because it's the 17th level one but hey master duelist your mastery of the blade lets you turn failure into success in combat if you miss with an attack roll you can roll it again with advantage 
You roll it again with advantage, not just, oh, you have advantage. So you get to roll two more dice. Once you do so, you can't use this feature again until you finish a short or long rest. So it's not just a lucky feat or or just a re-roll. I mean, you're re-rolling with advantage. I, I so you're just you're basically rolling that attack at extreme advantage. Yeah, you get the three die. Um, and I, I just, like it. That's it's so good, you know. And tying it in with you know the sneak attack damage because you know it's giving you advantage, so you're gonna have sneak attack and making sure that you get it all and adding on with that. Um, with the uh, the rockish audacity and making sure again that we're just we're pushing that sneak attack damage because at seventeenth level like you're one shotting certain creatures with just your sneak attack damage, you know, and then presumably you have uh, a magic rapier or something like that, so you get like what a plus two, a plus three uh, rapier or a plus one with an extra like oh if you crit it does this like this is a killing move, <laughs> it really is. Definitely. I mean, I, I agree. I think just the extra two die rolls, especially if you're having a bad dice day, mm-hmm. you just want the extra help. Yeah. Yeah. And we all get them. <laughs> yep. Okay. So final thoughts on these ones. Illidine. Well, I mean, obviously swashbuckler is kind of my thing. Uh, I like the tactical of both the swashbuckler and the, uh, the scout for that ambush master. Um, I think, I guess it's more of a, I am a tech, a, a tactician when it comes to uh, 5e combat. So those are the things that I like to, to bounce around. If you're using uh, a grid and minis, these are the, the rogues that you want to use. Bone daddy. Um, it's, you know, I really like <laughs> mastermind is my favorite one of the four. Um, inquisitive I like to use when I'm playing like it says murder mystery games it comes in handy for anything that has um, that air mystery or like that uh, grim uh, gothic like feel to it um, swashbuckler is in my cup of tea uh, that's only because it has no magical abilities not to throw shade or anything um, oh yeah okay we're not showing any shade um, no scout- is, is scout is a is a welcomed and strangely useful um rogue that i didn't give a lot of credit to when i first read it but after we went over it today i might consider playing a scout i mean yeah. it just it seems like it really plays well to being on a team so i don't know we'll see how that goes yeah and and what i have to say is soul knife for the win yeah because to be honest none of these are my favorites um but out of the four scout uh i think it lends well to team player and it it has the most uh useful abilities of them all i think in different situations it's not as niche i mean swashbuckler is close but i definitely have to go with the scout that that would be the one i would play out of the four and i actually might play one eventually yeah, Scout, Scout kind of took me by surprise at how useful it was. Um, I don't know when its initial when it, when I first read its initial like description, I was like, eh. But um, well, you probably just glanced over it. You probably didn't really give it a really thorough read. Yeah, because it it just it seemed no like magic. It, but, well, yeah. yeah, there was that might have been the problem for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
I mean, it's, it's, it's like a but, really cool player. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I mean, yeah, as, as far as the, my favorite, if I had to say, um, I've played both an arcane trister, trickster with the swashbuckler background. And then I've played the swashbuckler uh, with the, uh, the mark of storm from Eberron. So both have had a little bit of magic in them, uh, but still piratey. Uh, and I think, I think I would actually go the swashbuckler with the marker storm if you were going to try and do it because of the utility. Um, but that's my favorite. So there it is. Uh, if you think we missed something or you want us to do more of this because we haven't even touched other resource books or oh, that's the thing. Like there's homebrew, there's homebrew and other resource books. I mean, every, every resource books that comes out has something, an optional feature has a, a new class. Um, has uh you know like eberron had the dragon marks um so if you want us to talk about that stuff you'll have to let us know because we're going to end it here this is going to be the last of the rogue episodes uh for a little while at least um and uh so let us know in the email uh it's the name of the podcast this dungeon is occupied podcast at gmail.com uh and give us a review shout us out uh if you give us a, a review hopefully four to five stars uh, we will read it on the podcast and thank you very much for it. Uh, and if you so choose and, and feel like you want to listen to more stuff or just want to listen to this stuff earlier, uh, you can get these episodes a week to two weeks early if you join our Patreon at slash this dungeon is occupied. So, hey, remember to check your dungeons. This dungeon is occupied. What's up, Weavers of the Realm? As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you haven't already, click that like button and subscribe or follow us on your chosen platforms. It goes a long way to help us grow. Uh, and if you liked the intro music that we just used, it was made with the help of The Hobby Hub on YouTube and Saturn Imaging Production Company. Uh, also, if you want exclusive content like NPC of the Week, Discord access, and behind the scenes, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisdungeonisoccupiedpodcast. And of course, the link to our merch store, social medias, and all the other podcast uh, platforms are available on our link tree in the show notes. Good luck in your games, steal everything, and have fun.